Okay, my friends, this is how it works in the big book, chapter five, how it works. It works, what's the it? The it, my friends, is God. Let's see how God works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path, the path, well, well walked path. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people had walked that path in the four and a half years when this book was written. Wonder how many have done it now. They had four and a half years of sobriety then. This thing's been around for over 80 years now and there's people who have lots of time who've been walking this path a lot longer than four and a half years. And I gotta tell you, this is still true. We can say this, rarely <clears throat> have we seen a person fail who is thoroughly followed our path. It says those who do not recover, do not, are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Cannot or will not, he didn't know either. In the back of his story, <clears throat> uh, he suggests uh, that he, well, there's a gentleman that committed suicide in his home and he said he could not or would not see our way of life. And here it says those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. It's a simple program, it says. I gotta say, this is a simple program. Uh, not doing this is what's tough. Doing this is simple. In fact, the, the, the more I follow this path, the directions in this book, the simpler it is. It's only when I start putting my little <laughs> stuff in it that it becomes difficult program. Now, why does it say simple program, I wonder? I have a take on that. I believe it's a simple program because, friends, we have suffered enough. And that's just the truth. We've suffered enough, and the suffering doesn't really add up to the degree. In fact, I call it insane. What I mean by that is this. The truth is, most of us try to take ourselves out, completely obliterate our lives. We were on the a mission and it was going to cost us our life so we're doing this and we're about to take ourselves out the question I always have on that is really what did you do what did we do <clears throat> that would even make that come about well it's because of an obsession of the mind, knowledge of the body, I get that. <clears throat> but the suffering doesn't add up. There's no, there's, there's no proportion in that. So I believe it's a simple program because we've suffered enough. Do not promise a pain-free life, of course. I've had lots of pain in my life lost people very close to me, 
heck, just disappoint that is pain for me. But the pain of active addiction, that look, I give myself in that mirror that's frankly repulsive and the look that you have to watch in other people's eyes as we uh, uh, in that pain of just disgust with self uh, yeah just the terror, bewilderment, frustration, and despair. That can be gone, my friends, forever. I can say that with conviction, because it has, it is. It says, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves, these are the ones who uh, do not recover. Well, over the years, I've heard people use the idea that maybe I'm just incapable of being honest with myself. Well, here's how you tell if that's true or not. Here's the question. Can you tell a lie? Well, if I can tell a lie, I have the capacity to be honest. So if I'm using maybe I'm incapable of being honest with myself, then I believe we're blowing smoke up our own rear end. And it's just a, it's not true. It's an excuse. However, check this one out. I have this delusion, this obsession that I can somehow control and enjoy my drinking. That requires a spiritual experience to remove. In other words, I cannot see the truth unless I have a spiritual experience. You see, a definition of a spiritual experience is any time I see any part of the truth that's a spiritual experience. And they don't always feel good. Here's a spiritual experience. I can't stop using it and I'm going to die. Okay, truth. There it is. So, this incapable of being honest with ourselves, uh, you know, there's something to that. It says there are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. incapable of grasping and developing. See, that's what it's about grasping and developing. It's not a grasp-develop thing. <clears throat> it's not an overnight matter. Wish it was just a grab and develop. But it's a developing and a grasping and it's not an overnight matter, this manner of living, which I am now grateful for. Please don't let this way of life be an overnight matter. Please don't let the love that I've found, that I feel, that I'm enjoying, the connections, the grace, the uh, fellowship, kinship, presence of God. Yes, <clears throat> may that never be an overnight matter. Tip 10 says it should continue for a lifetime. Oh, what a beautiful promise. Thank you for that. Yes. I do want this manner of living. 
to continue for my lifetime. It says, this manner of living demands rigorous honesty. Honesty is mentioned three times in the first paragraph of how it works. It, God. So there are times, you know, you could say, you know, I have a problem with God. No, I think it's a problem with honesty. That's what it's about, baby. <laughs> so, and the, the rigorous honesty, I believe, is the emotional honesty. <clears throat> yeah, I need cash register honesty. I need the ability to uh, be curious and look within and self-search. Uh, level my pride and confess shortcomings. But uh, it's the emotional honesty, I believe, that is the rigorous honesty. And I'm grateful that I'm able to share with people. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to notice, be aware, name, and share my emotions. <clears throat> I know today that that's a game changer, you know. Um, that enables me to participate fully in life and move through these, what I call, uncomfortable emotions. Uh, and also realize that, hey, there's nothing wrong with me for feeling these things. It enables me to quit find, to try to quit finding a cure for my humanness. Oh. It says their chances are less than average. There are those two who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders. Well, yes, I think a grave emotional disorder is the inability to feel my emotions, to block them, to cover them up. That is grave. And I tell you a mental disorder that's grave, it's an obsession of the mind when you have an allergy of the body. When I have a body that condemns me to go mad, die, or get locked up because of an allergy, carrying around with it a mind so obsessed with it that it keeps feeding it to it, that, my friends, is a mental disorder that is grave. But however, there are other mental disorders, and here's what it says about them. Many recover if they have the capacity to be honest. There we go. It says our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like. It's not what it was like, because it was bad. It is still bad. It progresses, so it's probably worse. <laughs> but it says in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. Now, that's a miracle. That's worth sharing there. Uh, if you have decided, it's interesting how they go. They use we and you in here. The we's and you's. Here's how the we's and you's go. If you have, our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you, <laughs> you want what we have and are willing to go to any links to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Uh-huh. Now, here's what it says. If you've decided you want what we have, what do we have? 
you know, that's, a, that's an interesting question. It's a cool question to rumble with. And uh, a few of the things are power, peace, happiness, sense of direction, uh, kinship, presence of God, uh, heller, sobriety, uh, the ability to not drink anymore, the obsession being removed, uh, fellowships, uh, oh man, I mean, the list kind of goes on. What's cool about this way of life is when you share it, you know you're leaving something out. Uh, so, but what, what I think though is when I first got here, if you want what we have and are willing to go to links to get it, you know, I was willing to go to any links to get it before I knew what you had. So, I don't think it's as necessary for me to want what you have as it is to not want what I have. <laughs> yeah. And I was willing to go to Englings to get it. What's it? Well, there's only one solution to alcoholism in here, and it's a spiritual experience and then live by spiritual principles. That's the it. That's what we get. It says, then you're ready to take certain steps. When somebody is ready to work steps, when you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go at any lengths to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. It says that some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. No shit, this is it. With all the earnestness of our command, this doesn't work, but it says we can do it. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Yeah, I think the reason why that is is because it's fearless and thorough from the very start. Right off the bat, baby, uh, working these steps and stuff. Because you may connect with a few people and start to feel them better and think, you know, I really don't need steps. Here's the other thing about being fearless and thorough from the very start. Because half measures we're going to find out, don't get me half measures. Some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go, absolutely. Let go. Now, my old ideas. Here's my basic old idea that's going to kill me. It's a couple words. It's, I know. I know. I know. And, yeah, but, yeah, those two are getting me. So, to let go, absolutely. That's going to require, that's pretty much a definition of a surrender. It says, remember that we deal with alcohol. Now, remembering won't help because it says, I can't recall with sufficient force the pain and misery and suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. I submit to say some of us hours ago. But they're going to mention remember here and how it works and then through the amends process. So it's just a thing. And it says remember we deal with alcohol. It is cunning, baffling, and powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. That's very special to me now. Recently, in the last you know, while, 
without help is too much for us. You know, that is so true. And I, that's precious to me. I love that now. I love the fact that without help, it's too much for me. It's all too much for me without help. And the beauty of that is, is I know that. It's not a, it's not a, I, I have the miracle of knowing that needing help is beautiful. It's spiritual. It is courageous. It is loving. <clears throat> Without help, it's too much for us. And you know, the beauty of this is, if I could have done this on my own, I would have. And I suspect that most people would. That leaves a very lonely, isolated life, which, hey honey, I already did that. I've been there. Without help, it's too much for me. Oh yeah, that's why I call it the sacred illness. It requires me to connect with you. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. It says, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him next Tuesday. <laughs> Actually, it says, may you find him now. That's why the power is new when it flows in. Even though it's been here since the beginning of time. When you feel it flow in now, ah, it's new power. You know, that's why it's important for me to realize that, yeah, something happened to me in that recovery center many years ago, but it isn't just something that happened to me. It's happening to me. Yeah, that's right. The now. Hmm. There is one who has all power. You know, at the end of meetings, we say this. We say, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. For thine is the kingdom. You know, to me, that means everything's God's. Everything is. My life, my friends, my relationships, this big book, my home, my car, my dogs, my shoes, everything's God's. And I need to practice this spiritual idea of stewardship, which is taking care of God's things. Nothing's mine, it's all God's. And I get to, I get to practice stewardship. Oh, you wanna see me have a problem? It's gonna start with this. That's mine. <laughs> Mine, 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 mine. Oh, then you gotta defend it, then you gotta do it, you know, and all that. And besides that, you know, if you work with a lot of people, you know, and none of them have cars, it's really helpful, you know, when they go, hey, can I borrow your car? And you can say, well, I don't know, let me ask God, because it's not mine. Uh, he said no. <laughs> uh, for that is the kingdom and the glory. I'm sorry, it says, for that is the kingdom and the power you know, God's got all the power. I don't have any. Without, and without the aid of that power, I'll die an ugly, 
lonely, sad, horrible life. And not only will it kill me, it's going to hurt people that cared about me and loved me, and they're going to think they could have done something about it. God's got all the power. And his book is going to say that he gives us that power, though, to help each other with. Uh, yeah, that's what it's for. For that is the kingdom and the power and the glory. The glory. It's about giving God glory. It's about bearing witness to it. You know, I used to feel like I was a nobody. Now I'm trying to tell everybody that there's somebody that can change anybody. He gets all the glory because he has it all. He has the kingdom, he has the power, he has the glory. It says forever and ever. It's probably always been that way and always will be that way. So, it says, half measures availed us nothing. You think, uh, half measures ought to get us half measures. And, you know, maybe it does, and that's part of the problem. But, really, half measures won't get us anything, and here's one of the reasons. If you think, you know, I don't really want to, drink anymore and use drugs, but I don't really want to work this program either. I'm going to stand in the middle here. Where it says we only had two alternatives on the bottom of page 25. And the thing about that is, is it's a program here. And if you, some people say, well, I don't really want to work a program. Well, we're going to work a program. We already have a program. We've been working a program. It's my program. <laughs> So we're going to work a program. You gave me a program so I could lay mine to the side and access this one, which has now became my program. Oh, yeah. It says, half measures have held us nothing. We stood at the turning point. Mm. The turning point. Seems to me there's a line out there somewhere that we're not permitted to go. A point somewhere that we're not permitted to sink below. And there's a level of pain that just seems we're not required to endure. And come to that line, point, and place, we must, and we will. Some get locked up. Some die. And my time came. It says we asked his protection and care with complete abandon. I don't hear people say that they said that prayer. Don't hear many people say, I asked his protection and care with complete abandon. 
But I think we have said that. You just said it in street language, or at least I did. I'm going to put that prayer in street language. It goes like this. God, please help me. Please help me. I said that prayer. Now, I had heard about the power that came off of a cross. I've heard about the power that came out of a cave. But what I talk about is the power that comes in the restrooms. And lifts people up like me and brings them to a program called Alcoholics Anonymous. It enables them to be happy, joyous, and free most of the time. Also enables them to be sad, lonely, disappointed, and know that that is part of the human condition. It's a power that you can obviously feel when you're tapped into it. It is the power that has been given us to help each other with. You see, service is the hallway. Let's get to the ballroom. The ballroom is mutuality where we know I'm not just helping you. You're not just helping me. This is mutual. We're helping each other. It says, here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Here is the program of recovery. It is the steps. <clears throat> I'm not going to read through them all. Uh, you can read them, but there's little numbers next to them. Uh, kind of letting people know that, hey, there's steps here. And, uh, but what's cool about it is there's directions for each one of these. A set of precise directions that go with each one of these in our book. Um, now, <clears throat> what's interesting is they, there's, there was a saying, you know, if you work steps off the wall, you get off the wall sobriety. Uh, now, there is a precise way to recover here. And looking them on the wall, you got to get them off the wall. Here's a story that really drives that home for me. Uh, it's a story about a village and the gift of fire. There's a village that was dark, gloomy, just really depressing, and nobody really had any inspiration or anything. <clears throat> and uh, one day this man came along, and he turned the village onto the gift of fire. It changed the whole village. They were able to do things they'd never been able to do. It transformed the whole place. They got inspired. They felt the love. They could hear the music. It was amazing. They turned around to thank the man, but he was gone. You see, the man didn't want thanks. He just wanted to turn them on to the gift of fire. He was going to another village doing what he does turn them on to the gift of fire when the elders of that village didn't like the attention that he was getting. 
kind of like some old timers in a meeting, <laughs> seeing the new guy all happy. Well, the elders of that village, they killed the man. But so the people in the village wouldn't revolt against him. What the guy did was he built a temple in the village, and inside the temple he put the picture of the man who made fire, and underneath the picture he used the tools. He put the tools that he, that the man used to make fire with. Now, every day, people in this village, they would go into this temple, and they would look at the man, the man's picture, and they'd talk about the man. They'd look at the tools underneath the picture, and they'd talk about the tools that the guy used to make fire with. They met every day at a certain time to go in there and look at the picture, look at the tools, and talk about them. But nobody made fire. They only talked about them. You know, I've been to many AA meetings where you are in no danger of catching on fire. Guys, there are meetings that aren't that way, baby. There are people who have taken these, put them in our lives, and the place is on fire. And when the newcomer walks into those meetings, oh yes, he can catch on fire. In fact, you know, if you don't want what we have, don't get too close to us, you'll get singed. <laughs> I love the part where it says, return our will and our life for the care of God as we understood them. It's, that is infinitely understandable too. It just grows and grows and grows. Okay, let me try to end this how it works part that we read in meetings. It says, having had, past tense, a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried, oh yeah, to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. The steps are principles. They're a set of principles, if practiced on a daily basis, do four things according to the 12 and 12. In the forward. <clears throat> Expel the obsession to use. Ah, thank you for that one. Two, enable the sufferer to become happy. Three, useful. Four, and whole. Whole. We finally get a W in front of that hole that the wind blows through on the street corner no matter what you stick in me. Many of us exclaimed, what, an order? I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged, he says. Bill's trying to tell me how to feel here, not how to feel. It's okay to be discouraged, uh, but do not be discouraged and stay discouraged. <laughs> no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. Mm. The principles, steps, we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. 
or description of the alcoholic, step one, the chapter to the agnostic, step two, and our personal adventures before and after, presently maybe, make clear three pertinent ideas. A, I'm alcoholic, cannot manage my own life. Can't manage my thought life to keep me from taking the first drink. Can't manage to not crave a drink once I take one. I can't manage to be happy when I'm sober. A, we were alcoholics, could not manage our own life. Step one. B, that probably no human power could relieve our alcoholism. Step two. C, that God could and would if he were sought. Not God could and would if he were caught. It says sought. It doesn't say God could and would if he were believed in. No, God could and would if he were sought. Ah, that reminds me of uh, he comes to all men who earnestly seek him. It also talks about he has come to all men uh, and women who have sought him. And is it 55 that talks about it? Oh, yeah. encourage you to search diligently within yourself with this attitude you cannot fail. Mm. God could and would if he were sought. Being convinced we were at step three. Ah. That's it. Thanks for listening.